have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the full-hearted Glenn Stansberry. Hmm. Full-hearted. Yeah, Glenn. I feel like you got a full heart. Got clear eyes. <laughs> full heart. I, I, I feel like I can't lose. I feel like you can't lose either. <laughs> um, can't lose! Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Uh, we are co-founders, me and Glenn are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. And Gentleman.com is definitely a full-hearted, clear-eyed, can't lose, <laughs> bet your life on it site. Um, gentleman.com is a great place for you to go and spend hours clicking on things, looking around. Um, and then once you've done that, um, you could... Stop on over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can extend your time spent on gentleman.com and um, really enjoy. Just just dig in to the podcast. Drink it in. Just drink it in, you know. Uh, and uh, you will listen to 130 hours or more, probably 150 hours Gosh. of me and Glenn talking. That's That's got to be an exciting... Um, proposition for everybody out there mm-hmm. so uh anyway once you do that podcast.gentleman.com uh you're gonna definitely have some questions for me and glenn and <laughs> you should phrase those in the form of a question mm-hmm. and uh put that question in a, a letter and put that letter in an envelope and send that envelope to p.o box 442-305 lawrence kansas 66044 well we will get your letter we will open it we will read it we will talk about it we will pace uh, across the room, brooding, wondering, thinking, pontificating about your letter. Uh, and then we will post it on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. And then we will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast, and we will very likely send you something in return. If you cannot, if you, if you cannot get off your duff to send us something uh, via the U.S. Postal Service, that's okay. We got you covered. Uh, you can send us an email at howdy at gentleman.com. You can also go to any social network that exists in America today and yeah. reach us uh, via gentleman. So, like, let's say, for instance, you're a member of the dating site match.com. Mm-hmm. You can go to the gentleman match portfolio and uh, you can check s- us out. Check us out and then hopefully rate us Get as some pictures. Um, a match. And then you can get in touch with us. Uh, it's an expensive uh, way to go. Yeah, about and failing that, um, you could also swipe right on us mm-hmm. uh, with Snapchat. Mm-hmm. You could uh, um, go to Farmers Only and say that you want to bail hay with us. And um, there's a, there's just a, there's just mm. a myriad of way. I, I, I could spend the entire podcast talking about how people can get in touch with us, Glenn. There aren't enough hours in the day. The, the, there's not enough hours. There's a lot of social networks out there. Let's just say that we're on all the social networks. Get in touch with us if if you don't want to send us an email. We get it. Cool. Um, all right, Glenn. Well, let's move on uh, to the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week. And uh, this week, I was responsible for picking up said beverage, 
And, um, look, let's be honest, Glenn. Let me be honest. You don't have to be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't want to leave my house today. Hmm. I did not want to get up and leave my house. It is, uh, there's been an ice storm in Kansas, and I've got a roaring fire, and that's great, but I didn't want to leave my house. Smoldering. So, I went to my refrigerator, I opened it up, I looked inside, and I said, what do I have to offer here? And uh, what I have is uh, a little beer... This, but this, it, it's actually a happy accident because mm-hmm. this, this is this. I, I'm, I'm really pleased to be able to run this beer through the MTS computer um, because I'm excited to find out what the MTS computer thinks about this. Right. Um, this is a little beer called Shinerbach, and uh, Shinerbach is a Texas original beer. Uh, I don't know if you can get it on the East or West Coast. I think it's kind of a more of a Midwestern thing. Uh, but I do have to say about this beer, this is this is probably my go-to beer. And um, I have to say about this that uh, there is a beer out there which is one of the best-selling beers in the country, if not the best-selling beer, called Yingling. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and this this doesn't taste exactly like Yingling, but as far as like a Midwestern Yingling goes, because we can't get Yingling in the Midwest. Nope. Um, Lord knows we tried. No, we, I've, I try to import and export as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, but you know I can't do that for everybody and so <laughs> the the Shiner though I, I, I A-B tested these two <laughs> and I would say that the Shiner is probably the closest analog to Yingling that we have in the Midwest um, and so uh, anyway I, so I so this is this is a very good beer I, I'm, I'm excited about this I like this I'm interested to see what you and the MTS computer thinks about this um, it should be should be an interesting test, mm. uh, a stress test, if you will, of the MTS computer. Uh, but so the Shinerbach from the Shiner Brewery, uh, I will say that Cosmo Spetzel, uh, the original brewmaster of the Shiner Brewery, was born in Bavaria, and he he decided to roll over to Shiner, Texas, tiny town of Shiner, Texas, purchased the town's brewery, and he's been kicking out the jams. Ever since, his last name really is Spetzel. I believe so. Yes, that's a that's like saying his name is Cosmo Soft Egg Noodle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cosmo Soft Egg Noodle. Yeah. Co- Cosmo Egg Noodle. Yeah, exactly. Um, Interesting. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not an expert on uh, Bavarian last names, but the the S P O E T Z L. Oh. Spetzel? Spotzel. Oh, see. Spotzel. Spot. The egg noodle has an A. So. Okay. So, So not egg noodle. It's like. Um, Yes. Right. I'm thinking of lots of words that are vastly different when you change one letter in the Mm -hmm. English language. Well, forgive my ignorance. I don't know how to pronounce that in Bavarian, but uh, Cosmos, I know how to pronounce that. Right. And Cosmos was a. a visionary that came over here, Shiner, Texas, to create this beer that I know and love, um, and uh, I'm a freaking fan of. So anyway, Glenn, okay, let's. What's uh, that's enough history. That's mm. enough background. Let's. What about the now, Brian? That's we gotta get. We gotta fast forward <laughs> it now. Fast forward it now and uh, pop these open. I did. They, I get them in cans. Okay. And uh, then I suggest that we put them in glasses and uh, drink them through the glass. I have a. Uh... Glass here with Willie the Wildcat on it. That's right. It's probably gonna uh, adversely affect my rating. It's uh, 
classic. Uh, K-State um, hmm. figure. So that's a good. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, funny. that's a good sign. Beer smells good though. Yeah, a heady brew. I, I inadvertently. Yeah, I get carried away. Um, well, Brian, yeah. do we know the price? Well, we're living. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, so the, the price of the beer. Well, to let me, yeah, okay. Let me <laughs> let me run through some stats on this beer. Okay, so the, the price. Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I, I have a 12 pack which I got for uh, 13.99. But if you go to the store and you buy this beer, it's 7.99 for a six pack. So it's on the cheaper side of things. Uh, if you buy the 12er. It's you know oh. pretty pretty reasonably priced thirteen ninety nine yeah there you it's go about seven bucks each uh, so um, <laughs> but it, is it, we should compare apples to apples here and so we'll say that the six the individual six pack costs about seven ninety nine uh, so it's on the lower side of the spectrum um, the alcohol by volume is four point four percent so a little bit on the low side okay. uh, the bitterness units are thirteen. I like 13 that. IBUs. I like that right uh, there. So extremely low. Um, and uh, this was first brewed in 1913. So uh, it's been around for about 105 years, if my math holds up. Nice. <laughs> Got some, uh... some beer in my hand there. <laughs> Cheers. Let's just Cheers, try this and see how it goes here. Mmm. <sighs> <laughs> Brian's eyes just rolled back in his head. <clears throat> I do have a soft spot for this beer. Mm. I remember uh, being down in Texas, a little thing called South by Southwest, Austin, Texas, knocking back some shiners, some Lone Stars. Lone Stars, Whew. yeah, Lone Stars. We don't, we can't get Lone Stars around here, but they do have them in Texas, and we, uh, we. I, personally, speaking for myself, I, I have had a few Lone Stars. I'm trying to remember if I've had a Lone Star. It's 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 a very um, ubiquitous lager beer that they have down in Texas. I I can categorically assure you that uh, I've consumed a lot of Shiner Bock down in Texas <laughs> and in Kansas for that well, matter. Yeah. So you know, it all travels over the place. Well. It does travel. Yeah, <laughs> it does travel well. So Glenn, if you had mm. to put an arbitrary rating on this mm. beer, like what would what would you say that the uh, Shiner Bock? Given the fact that the uh, it's a little bit less cost, it's a little bit less alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. I feel like those two almost cancel each other out. They are. They're they're very similar. Slightly less alcohol, slightly less cost. So um, there is that. I like. It's a very smooth beer. It's very very smooth, yeah. uh, easy drinking. This is a. I just mowed the lawn, crack it yep. open. When I'm watching a football game, crack put, it open. I put a lot of thought into this, and I thought if there, if there's one beer that I would just sit back and like go get a 12 pack, you yep. know, once a day. Right and drink all of them because uh, it's more economical. This than two six packs. Uh, this this would be this would be the one. I think it, it's it's got enough of a taste, but not too much of a taste. It's it's kind of laid back, but it's also got a little bit of heft to it. You're not gonna be upset if if one of your friends comes over here and, and nope. you want to toss him a shiner. You're gonna be mm-hmm. like, uh, here's a Bud Light. No, I, here's a shiner. Right, enjoy it. Right, because he will. It's middle of the road. Yeah. So, Glenn, what mm. would you uh, what would you put on this? After I put the hard sell on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, gee, now. Yeah, now, uh, um, I think I think I'm going to give this an 8.3. 8.3? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah? Yeah. That's really interesting and wrong. 
<laughs> yeah, is it interesting in the highway or low? Interesting in a terrible way. That's a that's an absolutely incorrect score. Uh, but the fortunate thing is that I'm here to uh, talk some sense into things. Yeah. And most notably, the MTS is here to correct us. It doesn't matter what we think. Uh, yeah, Brian. it doesn't matter what we think. So, okay, I was going to go 9 on this. I was going to give this 9. This is, this is a 9 for me. This is... <laughs> a 9 buck. <laughs> the value, the taste... Yeah, it's 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 just it's all it's all there in this one package, and uh, I'm I'm confident in this beer. I like this beer a lot. It's my go-to. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm firmly in the nine nine point oh territory. So you said eight point three, I said nine point oh. <laughs> so right? I, I so I think uh, <clears throat> so I think one of the things I I have a history with Scheinerbach. Oh my gosh, but not not. <laughs> Look, if I'm if I'm going to be totally transparent oh, right. here, okay, right, yeah, we, we should know um, about this. Yeah, we should know. I had one. Should you be excused from the jury? Is what we need to know. If I was being, you know, if you were sequestered, if you were on in the and you said, "Sir, do you have any previous experience with Scheinerbach?" How would you respond to that question? Well, if, if, I'm lawyer... try, if I'm trying to get out of jury duty, then oh yeah, well we go way back. No, no, no. <laughs> if you're not trying to, but you're 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 mm. on the hook to, to mm. tell the truth, the, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about. I, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. It was one okay. of the first beers I had. Oh, okay. That could be. I could see how that could be. You know, yeah. and you're not used to beer, and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think my one of my first would have been like a Bud Light or something like that. Yeah. It's, you know, this is this is a tough one for the first. Yeah, and then it probably sticks in your yep. head. So I always I have a natural version of Schneiderbach as it is anyway, but it is a good beer. <sighs> okay, you know, well, given yeah, the no, given the hindsight, I given, understand. So that a uh, little little backstory there. All right, well that that makes sense. Uh, good to know, uh, but thankfully it makes no difference what we think about this That's beer right. because the MTS computer will sort it all out. The MTS computer is, of course, as we know, the uh, infallible empirical mustache mustache twist scale computer that uses uh, a proprietary algorithm machine learning uh, blockchain technology to uh, assess beers and give an empirical scientific rating for the beer I think that's a good summary of it uh, yeah it's it's I was just trying to think of is there any new technology that we've just mixed in there the blockchain lately? is the, the newest stuff oh, uh, oh. Solar powered. It's solar powered, it, and it's yeah. It's it's powered by uh, Tesla solar panels. Mm-hmm. Yep, which I've integrated into the the uh, mainframe of the. Yeah, it's, it's a real challenge to use it at night. Yeah, it is. It's tough. Well, we have the the, the, the Tesla back, battery backup that generator. stores the, and then we yeah we kick on the <laughs> the backup generator with the gas powered. Um, yeah. yeah, which may overpower the sound of the podcast, but yeah. we'll we'll just deal with that. Yeah. Anyway, point is, Glenn. Let me type some facts in the MTS computer, and then we will um, get an empirical, infallible, mustache with scale computer rating for this beer. Okay, so we said the price was seven ninety nine for a six pack. We said that it is a box style Bavarian beer um, created by Cosmos Spetzel, Mr. Spetzel, and uh, that we uh, we said that the alcohol content is four point four percent. And the uh, IBU units are 13. Uh, so we just have to wait a second here, give it a little second, and then I'm going to go and get the printoff from the uh, MTS computer, and then we will know for sure what the score of the uh, Shiner Bach is from the Special Brewing Company. It's good beer. It's, it's good. I, I'm disappointed you had a bad experience. I know. It's just, you know, you can't. 
You cannot run your past. You can't. It's true. I understand. I've had some past I've tried to outrun. And <laughs> past it beers. It, it, never, it never works out, you know? They always get you. They always get you. All right. I'm going to grab this uh, print off here. And uh, soon we will know. Um, okay. So... <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, I've got the print off here. Uh, a little bit of a trek to get it, but thankfully, uh, not too bad. I'm just looking at the history of Shiner, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Friday Night Lights. What? Uh, Permian High School. Um, okay. And then, uh, okay. Fin- okay. So yeah. fi- finally, uh, we said the uh, the MTS computer uh, scores the Shiner Bach actually as an eight point six five. That's a solid rating. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not bad. I, I was hoping for more. Mm. Um, I, I feel like it, it you know the the MTS computer kind of like respected your opinion and respected my opinion. It was kind of in between the two, almost equally. Yeah. So anyway, uh, oh. MTS computer has spoken. The Shiner Bach uh, registers at an eight point six five. Uh, if you can get a hold of some Shiner, go do it and uh, see if you agree with the MTS computer. You will be disappointed. Uh, you will not be disappointed, or you will maybe if you're Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, Glenn, let's move on to some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, first up, we have a post by um, our good man, Zamus. Yeah. Uh, from the Philly area. Our man on the streets. Our man on the streets. He's a Philly area. I think I, I heard, I've heard tell that he is still partying from the Super Bowl victory. Oh, I'm sure he is. Which happened weeks ago. Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, he's got a cheesesteak in each he, hand. Did he punch a horse? He did. I think yeah. a couple weeks ago. I think I read a story about yeah, how that was punched that was, a horse. Yeah. Um, Look, I, you know, I'm all for animal rights and everything like that. But when your team wins a Super Bowl, well, sometimes you just got to punch a horse, you, right? So, well, Brian, this is this is getting off in the tall grass. But a former K State coach, um, one of his claims to fame is that he recruited a guy who got arrested for punching a horse. Hey, uh, yeah. So, I say win in Rome. <laughs> win, win in the win, horse stables. Win in the punch stables. a horse. Win at the racetrack. No problem. You, know. I'm, you I'm were supposed to win me money. I'm on board with this. Okay, Glenn. Well, anyway. Let's get on the tack anyway. Uh, Zamoose. Zamoose posted a wonderful tack here from Telegraph, a, you, a, a, a British uh, publication. Right. Mm. Highly respected. It's titled Hero Military Veteran 88 declares fear is not in my dictionary. As he saves women from five knife wielding robbers, there's a lot to a lot to unpack in that title alone. But it turns out that 88 uh, year old military veteran John Nixon was walking around um, in Northwest London, the Kentish Kentish in Northwest London, <laughs> and happened upon a, a band of ruffians. Mm. Uh, what did they? I can't remember what they uh, call them. I get the, uh, a grab of uh, excuse me, a a band of youths, mm. uh, and they grabbed at a woman's handbag, and she started screaming. Yeah. And John, he said, "Not on my watch." And he walks over there, or and he yells first. He 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 diverts their attention, and he yells at them, and then they turn their attention to him, and that's when he says, "Quote, my training kicked in." <laughs> I landed a blow to his neck, which rendered him semi-conscious. So, John, uh, you know, systematically mows through this group of... Uh, five youths. 
Right. And, well, I think I feel like a couple ran away. Right. One of them whipped out a knife and got him a couple times. Mm. Uh, Castles of War. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he, uh, John John later goes on to say, you know, I'm assuming this was prompted, like, oh, I'm sure you were afraid. Yeah. And John says, no, no, no. Fear is not in my dictionary. Right. A great quote. Fear is not in his dictionary. <laughs> Mr. Nixon was uh, trained as a commando. Well, there you go. In the Highlands in the 1940s and fought in the Korean War. In the 40s. In the 40s, yeah. So, you know, kind of sticks with you, I guess, If you for 50 years, just in case anybody comes around knife-wielding. Uh, what, what I found really interesting about this was the fact that there is some kid somewhere that actually knifed an 88-year-old man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, trying to steal a woman's purse. What the hell, man? Like, yeah. You know, I, I would hope that if you're a would-be thief... Uh, you're 15 years old or whatever. The old man interrupts you trying to steal a woman's purse. You say, okay, let's just call it a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? All let's right, just, all right. We'll let's get just the call next the one. whole thing off. Yeah. You know, we don't need to stab an 88-year-old man, you know? But, well, apparently they do. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the I will say that what irritates me about this is that a, a spokesperson for the London police force really downgraded what... Uh, Mr. Nixon did. Just the facts. They quote, and this is a quote from them. They say, a member of the public saw an altercation take place (laughs) and intervened. The woman managed to run away, but the man was attacked and suffered minor injuries. They really don't do any credit to Mr. Nixon. I mean, that's really not... It's amazing how you can have different sides to a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's true. Adjectives, people. But he also tried to save a lady and did. Yeah. You know, a saver from harm. So anyway, it's a it's a shame that that I don't know. It just seems very very uh, doesn't really give much credit to Mr. Nixon. I th- I feel like no. I feel like somebody on the trigger of the press release like don't give him too much credit. Yeah. We don't want to encourage people to do stuff like this. <laughs> we don't need individual. He's not the uh, 88-year-old uh, yeah. war veteran that you want. He looks pretty salty, though, i got to say, in his pick. Yeah, he, he does. looks pretty salty. He's if if he was for trying the... to mix up with me, I'd be a little bit worried well, about Brian, my own skills. So. You know, you, you said you were upset that there's somewhere out there, there's somebody who's trying to steal some lady's purse, and he pulled a knife on an 88-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Just know that somewhere out there, there's also another punk who was rendered semi-unconscious by that's an eighty-eight-year-old man? That's true. So he got his <laughs> he got his comeuppance on that. Okay, so well, that's good. Uh, okay, so thanks to Zamoose for posting that. Uh, really good to hear stories like that. Uh, yeah, I feel like anytime you're out in public, something's going wrong. You got to stand up and take a stand for for humanity and that. Mm-hmm. And John Nixon definitely did. So uh, okay, well, next up we got this uh, post from our good friend O Five Tacoma. And uh, 05 Tacoma has been on the site for a long time, posts a lot of stuff. I don't yep. know if we've talked about him on the Gentleman Podcast before. I'm not sure if we have. This but, could be the first time. Uh, and this is called 9,000 Mile Barn Find 1979 Chevrolet Camaro. So this is a story, a very brief story from barnfinds.com, an aptly named site that basically tracks cars that are find, found in barns and stuff like that, that, you know... Basically, they're pristine. The idea is that they're pristine cars that haven't been driven very much, and they're classic cars. And this is like the poster child for that. This is a 1979 Chevrolet Camaro that has 9,000 miles on it. And it was purchased and then stuck in a barn uh, after the owner passed away uh, with 9,000 miles on it. And the pictures of this 
car are amazing because when you see the engine, it looks absolutely spotless. <laughs> I mean, it is just it is so perfectly preserved. It's like uh, the the article goes on to say that GM might actually buy this car at auction just to have it as it's a, a, a specimen of that particular year See? Camaro. <laughs> um, it, it just looks beautiful. I, this stuff like this, I just, man, I would love to have a car like this. I hate to see something like this not driven and stuck in a showroom because I, I, I love it when people take a great car like this and they get it out on the road and they drive it and enjoy it as opposed to like just looking at it. But I will say that this is such a pristine example of a 79 Camaro that I could totally understand having it in a showroom so people could see the exact interior, the exact engine, uh, the the outside. It's got all the details. It's got all the cool stuff that made the 79 Camaro what it was. Uh, the, the, the problem with driving any late 70s American muscle car is the fact that they it was like the gas current the oil crisis and so mm. all the horsepower stuff was taken way down in the late 70s and i i believe the engine on this car uh if you took it out on the road and tried to enjoy it it's like a paltry 185 horsepower or something in that neighborhood uh so not the most powerful you right. know car and that's that's kind of the problem with the late 70s ones but it still looks so cool i mean it just looks cool mm-hmm. you know like you're not gonna get a lot of power out of it but man if you're driving down the street in this thing it would look amazing it's yeah, with- uh clear like white it's got the cool front end on it um it's a really cool find <clears throat> it's amazing to me that you know these cars exist where people put them they park them somewhere and seriously this happens all the time they yeah. they, they get a great car and they don't want to you know, they don't want mm-hmm. to take it out, so they st- they stick it away somewhere, mm-hmm. and then eventually, like somebody else gets a hold of it, and it becomes this uh, this great classic car. So I feel like yeah, it's a that's a common story. I feel like that's pretty pretty normal. Where so this one was parked in 1986 after the owner died, right? And so, but that seems to be like a current like oh yeah, dad had this, yeah. and he had a heart attack, yep. and then we never did anything with it. And- well, and you know, somebody buys a special car, mm-hmm. and they maybe they take it out every other weekend mm-hmm. or something. But they, they maintain it really well. And then they just, you know, maybe they, they, they pass away or, they, you know, they just decide, well, I'm just going to drive my daily driver every day. And they just, I'll just hold on to hold on this car. And then eventually it becomes just something that is worthwhile. Classic cars have gone up in value so much recently that, you know, stuff like this hmm. is, you know, you're, you're going to see some, some serious money for this thing. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting... I'm glad that there are cars out there like that that still have the all the original documentation, all the original stuff. It hasn't been modified at all. It's been kept really pristine and clean and out of the elements. Um, so it's a really cool, uh, really cool link. So anyway, uh, thank you to O5 Tacoma for posting this and uh, post some more stuff like this because I, I love reading about classic cars like this that get uh, get discovered and uh, so do a lot of our gentleman users. So yeah. That's why we're featuring it, Brian. That's right. And it's good. It's a good time to remind everybody you can always go back to podcast.gentleman.com to see the links that we are yes. referring to. Right. And uh, you don't just have to rely on our, you know, it's like LeVar Burton used to say, you don't have to take our word for it. That's right. Right. Go back and check out these links on your on, on your own. You, you won't yep. be sad. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Brian, the last post that we have, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say our last post. Mm. Uh, is by none other than Zamoose. Now, Brian, I find it curious that we are featuring two Zamoose posts in a week, and I'm starting to wonder if Zamoose 
I'm using air quotes here, Zamus might actually we might be wrong. It may not be the the the, the celebratory horse punching Philly cheesesteak eating uh, Eagles fan. Oh, okay. Might I'm wondering I'm wondering if it might be a Russian bot. Oh, right. Because it's starting to influence had, our podcasts. We have had subversively lots of attempts by the Russians to influence our podcast. Look, yeah. they know well, they know um I don't think influence we should, I don't think we it. should uh, admit to right. knowing about that, that though, because we have that investigation going on with the FBI. Well, and uh, well, we've been subpoenaed. So um, uh, anyway, our, our lawyers, our lawyers uh, advised us to not talk about that. So we're gonna our legal move, beagles. We're gonna our legal beagles. <laughs> we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move on. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Zamus. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Zamus. Zamus is posted. Whoever you are, Zamus. I gotta say, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. This no. is a Russian bot. Keep at it. That's right. The Sriracha Hot Sauce Guy is an American hero. It's an article from theweek.com. <sighs> Wonderful publication. And I'd have to agree. He is an American hero, the Sriracha Guy. This was tough because we had to figure out a toast for this week. Right. And I, this guy, I. this is like a combination toast tack. This is this guy. Yes. I, there's so much about this story that I love. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Brian, do you like sriracha? I do. Okay. Yeah. I don't put it on everything like some people do. Yeah. But it's kind of like mustard. There are certain things you have to have mustard for. Yeah. yeah. You don't have mustard all hot the time. Dog. But when you have a hot dog, you got to have mustard. And like when you have certain things, you got to have sriracha and ketchup. Yeah, right. Well, not, <laughs> not let's not. Was going to see here. Brian's face there when I said and uh, ketchup? But you know, sriracha. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, mm. I do use sriracha not on everything, but on certain things you have to have it. So I I um I never really used it before until I had a friend who showed me the wonderful wonderful practice of using it for your crusts and pizza. Okay, I can oh. see how that could be good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, the Sriracha Hot Sauce Guys, American Hero. Great article about the Vietnamese David Tran, who started selling his homemade sriracha, well, his homemade chili sauces in, in Saigon, and he would uh, put them in old baby food bar, uh, <clears throat> and he would put them in old baby food jars, mm-hmm. and and schlep them around on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And then in 1979, he got on a Taiwanese freighter called the Huey Fong. And was able to come to the United States as a refugee. And after that, as history would have it, he starts producing these uh, sauces out of uh, L.A. Um, in Chinatown in L.A.'s uh, building. And he used the name of the, the ship that brought him there. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. Sriracha is blowing up. He made $100 million last year. Right. Southern Sriracha. Right. But Brian, the really cool thing about and this article goes on to talk about is that the marketing budget for Sriracha, nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't market it. Yeah. Um it's literally word of mouth and um he doesn't pursue he hasn't copyrighted Sriracha, the term Sriracha, and he doesn't pursue like licensing agreements for for um, restaurants. Restaurants cuz they have Sriracha out mm-hmm. everywhere and they, yeah. he, he doesn't care. And um 
and, and it's because he he just wants to provide value, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't care so much about the money; he just cares about the product. He also caps the price. Yeah. Of he he won't allow it to be sold for more than a certain price. Seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, in you know in whatever. Um, gosh, there's so much about this that I love. You yeah. Know? Uh, a guy. What a great American story. Mm-hmm. A guy coming from another country uh, gets to L.A. Says, you know, says, screw it. I'm going to do what I've been doing, and I'm going to be great at it. And he makes sriracha sauce, which he finds a good way to market by, I think he, he took it to local Chinese restaurants mm-hmm. and, and, and get, got it in front of people, you know, and built it into an empire, a $100 million empire, just on his own ability to, you know, care about quality and make a great product. And he still cares about that. He still cares about the quality. He still makes it here in the U.S. He doesn't ship it off anywhere to be made. He could be like, you know, uh, companies like this, they have board of directors usually. Yep. The, the board of directors is like, well, we'll, we'll make it someplace else and you know, make it right. cheap. And we'll, we'll make it in Mexico. We'll, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a big profit margin we're missing out on, you know, yeah. whatever. We're not pursuing copyright. What I love about this is that this guy's like, I make plenty of money. This is fine. You know, hundred million dollars. This is good. We don't have to go crazy about this whole thing. We just, you know, we're doing fine. You know, more businesses should think about things in those terms where we don't have to like absolutely maximize profits. We just have to make some pretty good money, and we're doing good. And and so this it's really cool. That this guy has a grasp of that. He seems really grounded, um, and he made a great product that everybody loves. And it's a it's a hot sauce. You know, it's so crazy. It's such a rudimentary thing that you wouldn't right. think. In this day and age of, you know, the the new app that's coming out and VC and all this stuff, he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to make it hot sauce. And yeah. Chili is in water. Hell of a go of it. So, um, the, Another nice thing he's, he's doing is apparently he's had multiple offers to buy the company right. Right, just for ungodly amounts of money. Mm. And he won't do it because he wants to pass the company down to his family. He just wants to keep it yeah. in the family. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. I, Very the, cool. The the line that I loved most in this article was, which I think is great. One of the biggest problems in the American economy is that nearly everything for sale is either garbage made by wage slaves half a world away or a luxury good. There's yeah. like no middle ground except yeah. for sriracha. sriracha. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could have easily toasted Mr. Tran. Yeah. Um, maybe we will someday. We should. He, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as calling him an American hero, but you know, he is—he's uh, definitely a person that I would look up to as far as how to how to build a business in the U.S. I mean, yeah, starting with nothing and just doing what you love and doing a, a great job of it, believing in it, and uh, making it an absolute success is—that uh, is a true American success story right there. So, uh, well done. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, well that was a great trend. man. I. I'm I'm just I'm misty eyed over here over that story, <laughs> and we're we're about to do another toast that's going to make me misty eyed. Push you over the edge. Um, we're 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 about to do a gentleman toast. The toast this week, uh, I'm really excited about, and I can't believe I, I could have sworn <laughs> we've done this before. Maybe we have. It doesn't matter. Uh, the the fact of the matter is, we're going to toast Kyle Chandler. Mm. Kyle Chandler, um, is an actor that has a movie coming out that he stars in called Game Night. This is a comedy. It's uh, it's 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 supposed to be good. I don't know. I don't know anything about this, but uh, the the person that I'm toasting is Kyle Chandler, and the reason that I'm toasting it or toasting Kyle 
is the fact that he had a role about 10 years ago as Coach Taylor in Friday Night Lights. And uh, for those of you that haven't had the pleasure of uh, watching Friday Night Lights, uh, Kyle Chandler does one hell of a job portraying an American high school football coach. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, d- he makes the entire series for me. I love watching but bef- The August before football season starts, every football season, I'm watching Friday Night Lights and his... You know, his lines, the way he delivers them, you know, everything about it is, it, it just makes, it makes the end of my summer perfect. The fact that this guy exists. He's a perfect, he, he just, he seems like a high school football coach. That just seems who this guy guy is. Uh, so anyway, he's he's been in the press recently for this, this movie game night. And I, I couldn't believe the fact that we haven't talked about him before. We ha- I know we've talked about him, but I know, I don't think we've toasted him before. Uh, so I had to write that wrong. Let Kyle Chandler know, because I know he's listening, that Coach T is uh, a very important figure in my life. And, uh, you know, it's tough to not get misty-eyed thinking about all the all the differences this guy's made in my life. So, um, well, I mean, and that show went through the writer's strike. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, it's back in the day when, like, the network controlled the time slots and yeah. made everything weird. Yeah. And it pers- persevered. It... Yeah, the metamorphosis between like season one and season four <laughs> was just bizarre, weird. As, but season one, yeah, it's great. The first couple seasons are, you know, it gets a little weird. Like writer strike, whenever the writer strike happened, it got people are weird. dying, <laughs> people are getting uh, framed for weird. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but uh, <laughs> for the most part, you know, it's uh, it's a nice little uh, it's a nice little ditty. So, so Brian, I read this thing about Kyle Chandler mm. um, when he was. Uh, Gonna audition for the role of the coach. Yeah. Right. And uh, he met with one of the producers, mm-hmm. and he literally rode up on his motorcycle, and uh, he had been uh, he he rode up, and and the guy and the producer's like, yeah, I could tell like something was a little off, and uh, he, he's like, Kyle walks up, he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, hey, how you doing, Kyle? And he's like. Well, I've been uh, I've been in Vegas uh, playing poker with my buddies, and like he'd been pulling like in like pulled an all nighter, and then like rode there, and he was like all disheveled and everything. Yeah, and he and the producer was like, "This is exactly what we need." Right. He's like, "Don't I want you to do your hair just like that?" Like, right. Describe every. Yeah. He was like, oh, "Okay." He's like, yeah. "I basically want you to channel what you are right now <laughs> in every episode of Friday Night Lights." Yeah, and that, you know, and he and he does. He looks like a disheveled. You know, football yeah. Texas coach. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's a crazy environment down there in Texas when they do their high school football. So he embodies that that high school spirit, um, well, Texas football high school high school spirit. Uh, but yeah, so Kyle Chandler. I, I just have to say, like I, you know, I like I said, every August I'm I'm watching Friday Night Lights. I don't know about this movie game night. It's supposed to be good. Uh, I think Jason Bateman's in it as well. Oh. so it's kind of like you know, it's a comedy. It's yeah. A, he doesn't typically play comedy roles, but he's doing it uh, this time. So look, I, I don't care. I'm sure what, it'll be good. <laughs> I don't care what Kyle Chandler does from now on. I, I I will say. Oh, also, I'm a big fan of the uh, Netflix series Bloodlines. Yeah, uh, that, it's a series that takes place in um, uh, the Florida Keys and uh, a place that's close to me, England's heart. And uh, <laughs> Kyle Chandler is excellent in that as well. I can yeah. absolutely vouch for that. It's hard for me to not see Coach T. 
yeah. when I'm watching something. But in that show, he plays a police officer, which is kind of a similar-ish kind of thing. He's like an authority Position figure. Authority, yeah. yeah you know, like, uh, so he, he pulls that off pretty well as well. So anyway, story, point of story is uh, to Coach Taylor, which we know and love, Kyle Chandler. Uh, well done, sir. Man, Brian, in one episode, we toasted the Sriracha guy. And Kyle Chandler. Well, we didn't tell yeah. Sriracha guy. But well, we're, we're, we're featuring we him. Yeah, yeah. We're featuring uh, the, the Sriracha guy and Kyle Chandler. Two American heroes. This is, yeah, this is an amazing, yeah, it's true. <laughs> really? Man, next episode's going to suck. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time to talk about the... Um... Oh. <laughs> button! Topic. Topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, um, there was a NBA game. And uh, what happens before every game? The, the, star, game. the, the star Spangled. Oh, it was the All Star game. Yeah, All Star. The, the Star Spangled Banner needs to be sung by someone, mm. and uh, <laughs> someone chose uh, the talented Fergie to mm. pull this mm-hmm. uh, Star Spangled <laughs> Star Spangled Banner performance off, and she decided to go a different direction with it. Mm-hmm. She she didn't do the standard. Stuff she did a little jazzy, a little sultry, a little, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, a little, okay. Yeah, a little Marilyn Monroe in there a little bit, and so she mixed it up a little bit, and then uh, there was an immense backlash <laughs> about it that uh, she butchered it. It was terrible. It was one of the worst national anthem performances ever. Um, lots of feed, uh, terrible feedback. So, uh, Glenn, what uh, what was your take on the? Um, well, Brian, on the Fergie national an- anthem, I gotta say, situation. I, I I feel, I feel it was a little disrespectful. Wow, to the anthem, really? I mm. think it's right up there with the uh, Roseanne Barr, you know, national anthem where she, you know, grabbed herself. I remember that one. Yeah, um, I had to watch it again just to see how I close they paralleled. It's been a while since I watched that one. Yeah, I wouldn't go do it if. Um, no, I don't think it was that bad, Brian. But I I, I do feel you just. You just can't make the national anthem sexy. Mm. You just can't do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, feel like feel like Fergie did. I feel like she tried did. to. I feel, I like, feel she, like she tried I, to. I feel like she did make it sexy. No, and I, no. And I think that, that, that I think that's something that's okay. I think that in no. the modern era, modern era, we should be looking to make the national anthem no. sexy. <laughs> You know, uh, we have football players that are kneeling down mm. during the national anthem. Wow, what's going here? Maybe, huh? maybe if it was sexy, Whoa. you know, I, no, I'm just taking a leap of faith here. Maybe if it was sexy, they wouldn't be kneeling down; they'd be standing up. <laughs> oh, for, Eddie's boys, for the Eddie's for the national anthem. Uh, wow. So I, you know, look, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm behind this. I'm behind Fergie on this one. No, I'm, I'm 100 behind her. Nope. I feel like I, I watched it. I feel like, you know, as as bad. But everybody's a critic now. They are. Everybody's a critic. Yep. You know, you can't. I like. I quit using Twitter because anytime I posted anything, mm-hmm. I would have some random person uh, criticizing my post for semantics or. You know, stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, I sang the Star Spangled Banner too sexy. You know, uh, you know stuff like that. So I, I had to stop using Twitter. And you know, now everybody has a voice, and that's a good thing. But in some certain instances, it's not a good thing because oh, Fergie gets a good <laughs> Fergie gets up there 
and she sings her heart out. God bless her. And a jazzy, jazzy, sultry rendition of the national anthem. And then all of a sudden, the whole world has a voice to to uh, criticize it. And I'd say, I thought it was a pretty good rendition of the national anthem. It was different. Wow. She's a. She's a. She's a. Wow. She's trailblazing. She's. Tra- she's trying something different. She's not. I don't know. Straight. I don't know how to respond to this. <clears throat> uh, no. No, no is my final answer. No, it, no. Just, just look, Brian. If you're going to do something, yes, you have to be able to. Here's the thing. Here, here's how I know it was wrong because uh-huh. I saw on ESPN later that Fergie said, uh, "You know, I uh, that national anthem didn't uh, <clears throat> quite strike the tone I was going for." Right. Basically, right. backtracked it. She's admitting. She's admitting uh, guilt well, here. Well, not a guilt. She, uh, She's just trying to, you know, look, as an artist, <laughs> sometimes sometimes things don't work out. You know, you create this beautiful portrait of somebody, and they they don't like it, you know? And uh, so sometimes you just have to, as an artist, you believe in it, but you say, you know, look, I made a mistake. I didn't do a great portrait of, you know, of this person. Just to, just you know... As look, an artist, sometimes you have to do look, that. Look, the Mona Lisa's not really smiling. It's kind of like a half smile. Exactly. You know? And people are upset. She's you know? bemused. If, 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 if he painted the Mona Lisa today, there would be thousands of Twitter people that would be up in arms saying how crappy of a painting it is. He would have to give a, 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 a apology for not uh, painting it the best to his ability. And uh, there would be lots of, lots of terrible things that would be said about him. Uh, but thankfully, uh, he painted it 500 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, that's not a problem. But uh, the only I, tweets are from birds. I th- I, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I, watching it objectively, I look at uh, Fergie's performance, and I have to say, I, my hats off to her. Wow. I like I like the fact that she tried to do something different. That should be applauded <laughs> in uh, today's society, and uh, not not uh, bemoaned, unfortunately. But mm. uh, you know, well, I think the people have spoken, Brian. Along with me. (laughs) Yeah. You're certainly in the majority of people that did not like uh, Fergie's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Look, I saw Fergie live. She opened for U2 back in 2008. Well, she didn't. The Black Eyed Peas, wonderful. okay. Wonderful act. Right. Yeah. uh, Opened for U2. Right. And uh, she was good then. Okay. I guess. Now, not so much. Not to me, Brad. Okay. Well. You don't mess with the national anthem. I will say I know that uh, Fergie is listening, and and I want to say that I completely Fergie, uh, I Brian McKinney completely support you in your path down uh, an alternate version of the Star Spangled Banner. You know, <clears throat> let's let's mix it up, let's make it sultry. You know, let's see what happens. I, I just thought I. I, I'm not a prude. I, I'm I'm, uh, fi- I'm fine with the sexy, sultry version of this jazzy here version of go. the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, 
but yeah, I, I thought it was funny though. One of the most funny things uh, with in regards to this was the reactions of the players. Yeah, while they, they were, were, were they, <laughs> it just seemed like it slowly kind of dawned on them that this was like a weird performance of the Star Spangled Banner. You know, when you hear that, like I mean, those guys hear it a hundred times a year. Uh, yeah, and so exactly. they, they probably zone it out most of the time. And they're yeah. just like, hmm. yeah, and then yeah, this but they, one's you a see them like different. The, the wheels slowly turning. That this is yeah, it's a little different. Uh, anyway, okay, well. Uh, we'll have to agree to disagree. Then mm. uh, you are anti Fergie. I am pro Fergie. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we got that settled. Okay, Glenn. That that's good because uh, we we have a defining line between mm. the two of us. We we know where we stand on that issue. Um, the all important Fergie Star Spangled Banner. Yes. NBA issue. Uh, and that leaves us with one final thing to talk about in the gentleman podcast tonight, and that is the questions from the gentleman mailbag. And uh, this week, then, uh, I'm curious. I know I have s- s- struck out on a epic journey, a culinary mm. epic journey, and I'm wondering if you have any new uh, culinary explorations that you're uh, working on as I am. I actually, uh, I, I have, um, tonight I made, I've been wanting to do this for a while, so... Um, one of my coworkers, we went to a, uh, local establishment that has, uh, it's called a, it's a noodle place, Saigon. Oh, little Saigon. Little Saigon. Yeah. And he's like, look, I've been here a bunch of times. If you're going to get one thing, you got to try the pho. And pho is P-H-O. It looks yeah. like pho. Pho. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. Just, yeah. Okay. And I tried it and it was amazing. Right. It was really good. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is a really simple dish. Mm. I bet I could try to recreate this. Right. So tonight, I tried to recreate it, Brian. It's about 75, 80% ballpark. That's really not bad for the first time you make a recipe. It always takes, I find it takes two times at least to Uh, get it, you know. And it's, yeah. Adjust, you know, figure it out. Um, So, and I was pretty happy with it. The kids hated it, of course. (laughs) They're like, oh, what, a, blah, what, yeah. what, this is a chicken noodle soup. No. Yeah. <laughs> There's, anyway, but yeah. Lynn and I, my wife like, loved it, so. That's good, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to do it again. Um, it's very time intensive. Mm. Well, it just takes a long time. Yeah. It's not, you like basically boil stuff all day. Oh, okay. So, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, try, I wanted to try this, uh, this, this soup dish. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And you've also been working on the smoker stuff as yes. well. I'm just trying to get that going. Well, yeah, yeah. I uh, recently got a. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I, I don't know if we have. Yeah, got a, uh, a upgrade on the smoking kit as well. Um, and so now I have a, a grill that can use real firewood mm-hmm. as opposed to charcoal briquettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, side a side uh, car smoker kind of thing, which is handy because you recently had a tree fall down. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've been slowly chopping up, yeah, and I've been slowly burning in my smoker. Right. So it's a, a wonderful, it's all you know, symbiotic. It's, it's, it's a yin yang. Uh, <laughs> the earth giveth, right, and my smoker taketh away. The end is the beginning, is the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right. trying briskets, yeah. Um, so yeah. trying to prove that. So yeah, you got some culinary journeys going on there. Yeah. I do, Brian. Yeah. Um, I have some journeys myself. Mm. Uh, my 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 main ones surround like I, I try to find, um, I try to focus on certain things that I that I really care about. And one of my passions in life is pizza. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm actively 
I've gotten a few books. I've, you know, actively been pursuing uh, improving at my pizza game, which uh, I've been working on for more than a year, probably. Yeah. Uh, working on, you know, every week or so I make a pizza and, and, and try to improve the crust. I try to improve the cheese. I try to improve the sauce. Um, and I got to tell you, it's, you know, much like the uh, Sriracha guy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details that go into every part of it that you're trying to perfect and make really great. Uh, and it's a hard, uh, it's a hard thing to 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 get right. You you always feel like you're trying, you're chasing uh, perfection, and it's just not quite there. It's just not where you want it to be. So, um, so I'm always doing that every week, a little bit, a little bit different, trying different things, uh, trying to test different crusts out, different cheeses, different sauces. Uh, so there's that. Um, but then the, re- the, I mean, the real heart of of what uh, we've been working on, me and Laura. Mm. have been uh, a project to uh, really take a deep dive into a bowl of soup <laughs> and uh, come out smiling. Loudmouth soup? Yeah, some loud, <laughs> some loudmouth soup. We uh, we decided we wanted to focus on soups. Like we, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can make uh, for dinner, and we we decided that soups. We like we both like soups a lot. Mm-hmm. We're into it, and we want to try to like. Figure out how to make really great, you know, uh, restaurant-worthy style soups. So it's perfect time of year for that too. It is. It is. It's still it's still cold outside and all that stuff. Um, you know, and so we've been we've gotten a few books. We've been testing out some different stuff. We got some uh, utensils. We got some wow. tools to to make good soups. We're we're working on it. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to lead us, but. I'm hoping at least it'll lead us to delicious soups uh, all year round that we can enjoy. Nice. You know, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Did you have a lot of soups growing up? Not really. We never really made, I mean, uh, I think my mom made, my mom made chili quite a bit. Uh, But we, you know, we've been working on stuff like uh, we've made some uh, potato cheddar, cheddar ale, uh, you know, cauliflower soup. Mm. Uh, you know, just stuff like that. Mm. Never, none of the stuff I ever had when I was growing up. Mm. Uh, I I do make a pretty solid. Previous to this, uh, I had a recipe for a old family recipe. It's been in my uh, family for years. Uh, Irish. Uh, oh yeah, Guinness. Uh, Guinness Irish stew, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I've had. Yeah, and uh, so that that is a staple that I had I already existed with me before I. I just want to make clear, you know, in case something happens, like this was this <laughs> I had pre, uh, predetermined. Uh, this this was part of my own uh, intellectual property, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, just in case. Prior work, yeah, prior, prior art, prior, prior art. Uh, my yeah. uh, Guinness do, but uh, but that's pretty solid. But other than that, I like other stuff. I like you know uh, other. All kinds of other soups. So we're, we're, we're going to be focused on soups, and then we'll worry about the, le- the rest of it later. You know, maybe you worry about uh, homemade ice cream, homemade ice. Well, you know, pies, the, the, uh, roasts, or you know, yeah. whatever else people make in America to eat. I don't know, but I figure if you like make a really great soup, that's that's a pretty good. That's a good start. You know, soups are great. Though I will say, when I was young, I was my well, my mom had this. Uh, we all knew it was coming. Oh. After a while, but it was mm. basically what she would do is it is actually very smart, and I do it mm. now. But at the time, I hated it, and it was she would take like 
there's any leftover vegetables from dinner, she'd chuck it into this thing in a freezer, mm. and eventually it would fill up. And then, like, whatever, you know, surprise, <laughs> soup surprise, <laughs> it was some kind of stew. She'd throw, like, a me- like some hamburger in there, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, a crockpot be rolling with this oh, yeah. mystery stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Like, it's hard yeah. to kind of, it's hard to screw up a stew, I feel like, like, to make it inedible. Yeah. But. It's still. But you can try. Yeah. And that's what she was trying to do. <laughs> it's still hard to, yeah. Re- get real excited yeah. coming home to dinner, and you got the. Uh, Hamburger yeah. surprise. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's uh, tough. Yeah. No. But we didn't have that. We didn't have that growing up. But, uh, you know, th- no, this is a new thing. This is a new exploratory journey down the uh, soup trail. So we'll, we'll find out uh, if it bears any fruit. I don't know. Very cool. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I will report back. I should uh, post you uh, podcast.gentleman.com. I should post, like, my favorite <laughs> um, recipe, my, my favorite soup recipe. <laughs> It's like celebrity, like, you know, <laughs> Coach Taylor's favorite soup recipe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll get in touch with Kyle Chandler, yep. and I'll ask him about his favorite soup recipe, and we'll, it's a great idea. I'll, I'll <laughs> approach celebrities and ask them about their favorite soup recipes. What an icebreaker. Yeah. Usually it's like, hey, do you want to work on this project, right. or have this product to sell? Right, yep. No, this hey, is what's just, your favorite soup? Yeah, exactly. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. And what's your recipe, and let's talk about it, and then I will present that. It's a great idea. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to work on that for uh, for next week. Okay. So that'll be. Uh, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, so I'm working on soups. You're working on uh, barbecue. Barbecue. It's, it's warming up too, Brian. And fa fa and fa. Yeah. Barbecue. Forget about it, Brian. Yeah. And uh, so we got that for you, Dot. Okay. Well, uh, that means it's time for the end of the episode. Mm. Uh, episode number one thirty one. Already. Um, it's already time for the end of the episode. Uh, and uh, I thank everybody out there for having the patience, the clear eyes, the full hearts to listen to this entire podcast. <laughs> I know there really isn't anybody that actually listens to this. There's whole no thing. losers. No. Um, uh, but anyway, Glenn, uh, that means it's time for the end of the episode. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Thank you for listening to episode 131. We'll see you for episode 132 in two weeks. Good night. Sayonara.